two, one, go! Hi! Uh, hi! How are you? Just fantastic. You look pretty. You look so pretty. I love that sweater. Thanks. I feel very... I feel like... Doesn't that one Jillian shoot? Yeah. You know what sweater I'm talking about? I feel like that. Her cozy very fall puffy. shoot. Yeah. Yeah, her... Her cozy fall shoot, yeah. I just want to drink hot cocoa with her. For her uh, autumnal month uh, of the calendar. <laughs> I like the word autumnal. Oh, nope. What was it? Autumnal. Autumnal. Oh, I like that word. Some words I really like and some words like physically make me feel uneasy. Like moist? I don't love moist, but it's not my least favorite. What's your least favorite? I, we all know oh. you like squeeze. Squeeze. <laughs> reason. I hate the word navel. Navel. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Gross. Yeah, it is. And I hate the word undulating. Undulating her hips. Is that where you get that from? (laughs) That's a that's a fan favorite. Uh, in in fic, we're we're very giggly right now. (laughs) We're very giggly. Um, my notes for this episode, like I took, I started sober and I ended high. And so they mm. get way happier at the end than in the middle. Beginning to middle, they're pretty angry. So, mm. um, I love that. Yeah. Oh, we have a sex corner. I was not to jump into the episode. Oh yeah. Not not to talk about that too soon. I feel like mm. we have like an unspoken code. We do. We do. We like don't talk about them. We don't even think about them for the first half hour, and then. Yeah. God damn it! All right, let's <laughs> let's do our sex corner. All right. Do you have the question up, or do you want me to get it up? I actually wrote the question down. Can you believe it? Look at you. I'm proud. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks, mom. So the question was, uh, I am a AFAB non-binary person and my partner is a cis straight man and partnered sex has been a little awkward lately because he still views me as a woman and I feel a little invalidated every time we have sex. Mm -hmm. So... Do you have any advice on how I can explain to him that even though I was AFAB, I am not a woman? Um, AFAB, for those listeners who do not know, stands for Assigned Female at Birth. Mm. Um, First, I just want to say I'm so sorry that you're dealing with that because that sucks. Yeah, like, that, yeah, that's that's really not how you should be feeling at all. No, I guess uh, the first thing is this is tough because we don't know a lot about the situation like we don't know the situation in detail mm-hmm. um so i think we got a pretty good general consensus of of the advice that we would give you mm-hmm. um based on what we do know yeah which kind of covers a lot of bases so it might seem a little convoluted but better safe than sorry <laughs> yeah um so the first thing do you want to say something no, I'm just going to bounce off you. I mean, I have a few okay. ideas, but I'm just going to, you probably have them, so I'll just pop in when you bring it up. Yeah, but this is collaborative, so we both. I subscribe to what you say, except about all of the hot extras, and you subscribe <laughs> to what I say, except for um, about wanting to uh, marry slash, that's very, that's putting it very lightly, but you know what I mean. Marry, Jillian that's the issue for Jillian. me. It's the marriage. It's the marriage, I know. <laughs> I really try not to go any further than that. No, not we're not nothing further than marriage. It's just no. It's just inappropriate. At least I gotta marry her first. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Then we can kiss. Then we can hold hands. <laughs> okay, go on with your points, ma'am. Okay, my point was, <clears throat> uh, listener, who who sent us this question? 
you are not res- you are not responsible for changing your partner's mind mm-hmm. or making him comfortable with your identity. So don't you dare shrink yourself into little bite-sized pieces and not demand exactly what you need no. so that he can digest you. Yuck. You don't have to shrink yourself down smaller to be digested by other people. I'm going to get emotional talking about this. Don't be emotional. We're empo- we're women. Oh, that empowered. fixed it. Okay. <laughs> empowered women. I'm getting emotional. Don't get emotional. Don't get emotional. Wow. I didn't think of that. <laughs> what? Huh. <laughs> I'm like, huh. That's a neat idea. This is going to be a fun episode. <laughs> I wish we were I wish we were recording. Stevie and I were talking about The Incredibles. <laughs> well, Emily threw in the most perfect imitation. Like, no context. We weren't talking about The, Credi- the Incredibles. And I immediately saw this child in my mind. <laughs> now you have to say it. Okay, the kid, now it's not going to be good. The kid who, when Mr. Incredible, like, I think he lifts up the car, right? In their driveway or something. And then, like, the little fucking kid is on his bike. And he turns, and Mr. Incredible turns to him. And he's like, what are you waiting for? And the little kid goes, I don't know, something amazing, I guess. So Emily has such a special, beautiful brain. She has photographic memory and sonatoriographic memory. That sounds so great. Sonographic? Sonographic memory. She can just image. She's perfect pitch. And also remembers images. And so just like when you quote things, it hits different because it's so accurate to how it was. It's amazing. Thank you. It runs in my family. Does it really? Mm. Yeah, my um mm. <laughs> mm. <laughs> anyone on my dad's side, um my dad and any of his three brothers, including my grandpa, um can uh, hear a song and just play it on almost any Can you stage. do that? Absolutely not. My uncle can do that. So yeah. interesting. All, I think mo- most of my dad's side of the family was in oh, wow. a band at some point in their life. <laughs> funny. Um my grandpa has a fascinating life. No, no, no. Yeah, so it runs in my family. Um, they can hear a song and then just play it. Mostly on the piano, but my one uncle can play it on the um, bass. That's amazing. Anyway, um, and we were talking about The Incredibles. Just why it's so good uh, when you quote. Yeah, and I said, I, had, I thought Mrs. Incredible was so hot. Like, there was something about her that I was like. It looks like Jillian. Should we say Scully and keep it, make it less personal? Which one's worse? I don't know. No, because you want to know something? She had, like, Jillian's attitude. Oh, my God. Totally. 100%. So, Jillian. Okay. Anyway. Listener. Sorry, listener. Back to our question. Basically, the point is, is, like, there's compromising in situations to reach a shared conclusion to make the situation easier for both parties. And then there – but there is absolutely – zero compromising when it comes to your identity your beliefs what you need to feel safe and what you need to feel celebrated that's such a perfect way to put it i'm not sure actually um how to pronounce this but there is a woman on instagram who posts um uh quotes Mm -hmm. from like herself like she you know whatever (laughs) she posts words and she just posted one the other day and it said, I am no longer committed to changing the minds of people who aren't committed to understanding me. Convincing people to see me as I am is not the best use of my energy. And we'll like put her Instagram and everything in our thread. Um, so basically the point is, is let go of the idea that 
you can control another person's view of you. Again, like you might already be at this stage, but because we don't yeah, know exactly. specifics, like we just want to cover cover mm-hmm. the bases. Um, like this is such a fucking gift that you've shared with him. There's nothing yeah. to explain to him other than exactly what you said to us. Like that's yeah, exactly. It. And it's all about um, communication. Like if he's if he's not being will if he's not willing to listen to you or try to see from or try to even see from your point of view or just trying to see you and adjust when you change that he also needs to change his perspective of you and that you're ever growing um if he's not willing to do that like you need to dump him like yeah so exactly what you said to us although you were a fab you are not a woman period like that's it um it's non-negotiable non-negotiable and from there onward um, if he accepts you and celebrates you, but is having trouble manifesting that in actions, speci- specifically in the situation in bed, I would advise giving him some specifics of what will help you feel validated and hot and amazing. Like Stevie said, everything is about communication and like sex is no different. Especially sex. Especially sex. And so just like a side note, your honey should not make you feel ugly or bad in bed or dirty or shameful or undesirable or invalidated. They should only make you feel celebrated and secure and grounded and wanted and safe and heard. And yep. And so, yeah, in our lives, especially in our intimate partnerships, um, those are places of 100% acceptance. And if you aren't getting, if you're getting anything other than that, you know what we're going to say. <laughs> Show him the door. So some specifics. Uh, only these are for only if he is actively working mm-hmm. to be the best ally that he can be for you in your relationship yep. and in your life. Because like we said, it's not your job to convince him that you are worthy of love and desirability mm-hmm. and pleasure and acceptance and all that. What I would do, I would say there's something I'd really like to share with you. And I need you, I need to know that it's going to be a safe, loving, respectful place when we discuss it. And I'm sharing this with you because I honor our relationship and my relationship with myself. So that's just a general, again, we don't know where you are, so you could already be Mm -hmm. past that, but just in case. So how that translates into bed, you could say that could look like saying something like, I'm going to call this out. Partnered Sex for Us has been a little awkward lately and not in a good way for me. Um, I want to make sure that I can respect and pleasure you to the best of my ability going forward. So do you want to give me your favorite slash preferred things to call your body parts? My personal favorites are XYZ for me. That's so perfect. So um, that would be a great way to do it. Um, And again, even though I think it helps to take some of the focus away from you if you are uncomfortable, like something narrowed in on you, like having a conversation narrowed in on you or feeling like you're fixing something that's narrowed in on you, it can be quite stressful. So if you frame it as, because you are, this is a partnership. So if you frame it as, um, how can I do this for you? Here's what I like when we're doing Mm -hmm. this. Um, it makes it that makes it reciprocal and less um, scary that dual yeah and it includes him in the conversation Um, it's it's less pressure absolutely absolutely Um, another thing you could say is xyz will help me feel more safe and seen whatever that might be any at any point in your relationship so another thing you can say is this gift of myself that i'm sharing with you makes me not love xyz and need xyz 
That's amazing. That can be anything. XYZ can be anything. Um, You could say I also want to brainstorm together some things that would make me feel very validated and sexy that we can try. And do you have any questions that I can help answer to help that I can answer to help us both feel comfortable? And again, these are if he is actively working to learn how to love you. Yeah, because if if he doesn't, Um, if he's not just the most enthusiastic about adjusting to help make you feel more comfortable and safe and seen, then there's not even worth your time. There's no work for you to be doing. Another thing you could say is what helps me feel more comfortable um, is lots of whatever, verbal affirmations, not being called this, being called this, whatever it might be. You could also say I really, this is directly from Molly Margaret, RIP her Instagram (laughs) account. Um, She said, I really want to get freaky with you, but just so you know, I'm not interested in XYZ. Again, this translates to or being called so-and-so or having my blank referred to as blank, whatever, any boundaries you have that you'd like me to know about. So again, it like brings him back into the conversation. Just to reiterate, you are giving your partner a gift by telling him exactly what you want in bed and exactly what you want things to be called, exactly how you want to be spoken to. That will make you feel the hottest. Like you are giving them a gift and not asking for a favor Mm -hmm. at all and struggling to articulate this and his inability to completely validate you doesn't Mm -hmm. make you broken. At the end of the day, this, Mm -hmm. comma, your identity, comma, (laughs) needs to be communicated once. That's it. And so from there, there are two parts. If there's been one, no willingness to accept your Mm -hmm. non-binary beauty, uh, dump him. Um, if he accepts you and celebrates you and loves every bit of you exactly the way you are and recognizes the fucking treasure you are in his life and is just struggling with how that translates in bed and in other aspects of life, um, but he is making a conscious effort and some of the things we said will resonate with him, great. But if you've talked to him about this before and he's been making no attempt to understand how to make you feel celebrated in your fullest form, yep, dump him. Go where you are celebrated, not tolerated. Yeah. And yeah, like this is such an exciting gift you've chosen to share with him. If he's like not jumping in head first at all the possibilities and ways to celebrate you and make you feel seen and heard, um, show him yep. the door. It's true. Anything else? With this question, I felt out of my depth for a few reasons. One, because I myself have a hard time setting boundaries and I don't, I'm still learning a lot of the things that everyone everyone does yeah but i'm not very far in it like i I still feel very new at being aware of how to um do that but you're on the journey yes yes and that's what's most important but um because of that i my immediate reaction was like oh that is hard like i don't yeah like i i I didn't i didn't like nothing came to my mind i was like oh this is what you do i was like ooh. Well, and it's also like we're both cis white women, so it's that like, as well. So I'm not privy yeah. to the experience of um, that kind of dysmorphia that comes with your body and having it referred to something that's it's not. Um, so I'm not familiar with that. And so then I was like, well, I want to read. I want to read about it. Like I want to look up um, and like read resources and like just kind of get immerse myself in the dialogue um, in that community a little bit. And it was I was really disappointed in myself that I, I didn't. I, it was really hard for me to find accounts and like find um, like blogs and places where that kind of where there's that dialogue happening. Um, 
which just I, how do you find your community if you, it's like that hard to find no. stuff on the internet you know what totally. I mean totally totally like that's horrible because I could pull up 10 vagina accounts right now if I wanted to yeah you know what I mean yeah. but then there wasn't anything yeah. about or I mean I'm sure it exists I just wasn't able to find it easily I mean but I did find some accounts that I like have been following for the past um week to kind of like feel them out to see if I want to recommend them I don't know totally um that's all so one is called we are transmissions and their profile picture is a little alien which I thought was very on brand their um caption is we're fighting for trans non-binary intersex gnc plus rights trans is power and they just post a bunch of very empowering um posts and things and educate and fundraise and all of those good things so i think that's good for everybody to follow then i found a gal named ellie ehrlich who's a writer speaker and organizer and she's in new york city and um she's just rad like i just recommend following her um there's an actor named kai west um, and they, they're an artist and they post some amazing stuff as well. Um, so I'll link that's amazing. Accounts. Just like some, I don't even know if like, if that was. No, that's but. so helpful. That's so, especially because if this is a situation where, um, it's going to be a process that is needing to be worked through, it can really, really help with validation maybe when you're not getting that entirely all the time with oh yeah and like it could be good to have your partner follow those kind of accounts as well or at least immerse himself more in that community um but that i think that advice was less for the listener and more for um or less for the asker and more just for the general audience because i feel like i am not paying attention enough to that community and what's happening so i need to educate myself more i love that i love that i'm gonna follow them too so thank you for your question. Yeah, thank you. Um, we hope that was helpful. And uh, keep them coming. Let me go get my food. Amy just went to go get her food. I'm just talking to myself. Um, oh, God. Thank God Stevie is here to do this with me because, um, God, this would be boring if it was just me alone. What I wanted to say was that line is from The Fall um, when Stella comes and kisses reed out of nowhere and then she takes the drinks from this man who's trying to hit on reed and she's like the fuck no and then she's like you're the waiter now so go get us more go get us more to drink stevie's gonna have to cut all of this out but it's kind of fun it's kind of fun so i'm gonna keep going oh also uh listener who asked that question i have another instagram account for you of this a person this artist what's their name um uh, um the brooklyn what i didn't hear anything you said oh i know i've been talking this whole time to the audience do they know that i'm gone or wait wait were you yeah i said stevie went to go get her food anyways but i do have something really really important to say okay that's what i thought okay it's the brooklyn bruja they make um sweatshirts and they have a sweatshirt that says not a girl on it so that. that would be really cute yeah, oh, I love it. that so much. Anyway. So we recorded a good bit of this <laughs> and weren't recording. So, so we're just going to say the jokes again because they gonna, were just too good. Yeah. So we're going to try to get into them naturally. <laughs> See what you can discern was it was planned and what new comes up. Okay. So I'm going to keep the plot super vague because um, I don't care about this episode at all. Yep. Opens with pilot in the skies of Iraq. He sees something, UFO-y, you know, like we've already seen in the last three episodes. The pilot hits the UFO and then Turkey sees it. And that's all I got.
Cut to Tennessee. (laughs) (laughs) It's the middle of the night. There's a truck driver. I thought he was pretty hot. Yeah. Saw that coming. Yeah. I mean, I I don't know what it is. And not just because I heard it (laughs) already. (laughs) No, he just has, he has like a weird forehead shape and like, but the rest of him, there's something that I enjoy. weird that i said that it's just funny that that's what you pick out is like his weird forehead shape something just isn't pleasing to my eye i hear you i hear you you know when i was watching this i was texting stevie and i was saying i'm such a brat when it comes to this show because if scully isn't on screen in the first five seconds i am on the floor screaming like Where's Scully? Like a child that doesn't want to go into a store. Did you see anything today at Michael's? Yeah, so I went to Michael's today. How'd you know that? You're clairvoyant. Yeah, so I went to Michael's today and some kid didn't want to go in the store. And he was like on the concrete ground in the parking lot, like shrieking. Jesus Christ. It was horrifying. It is horrifying. It's poor parents. That's when you're supposed to say, yeah, it's uh, unacceptable when she doesn't come fast enough. And I said in more ways than one. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. I'll yeah. Come, I got it. I'll, I'll set you up. Okay. Go for it. Yeah. Can not. you keep all this in? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Go for it. Okay. Go, go. 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 Yeah. Keep it. Keep it in. Keep it in. Yeah. Okay. Go. Go. Um. <laughs> <laughs> feels like sketch comedy now. I feel like we're breaking the fourth I feel like you're wall. about to say... It's unacceptable when she doesn't come fast enough. In more ways than one. Ah! <laughs> I'm hot. I already feel like we've been on this call for five hours. I know. We haven't even started the episode. Okay, let's fucking go. Go, go. He hears UFOs on the radio. He sees cops go by. <laughs> and then his truck just like turns off and he gets out of his truck and he grabs his gun because it's Tennessee. So of course he has a gun and he starts firing at nothing. Cut to morning. Our hotties are there. Wait, hold on a second. If I had a dollar, this is a journey, right? So stay with me. Yeah. But if I had a dollar for every time this show used the a plane crash that's actually an alien spacecraft, but no, it's not plot line, I'd be almost as rich as David Duchovny, but definitely not as, but definitely as rich as Jillian Anderson because they were paying her less than her male co-star. Oh my God. She won't talk about that right now? Or did you just want to throw it in? We'll save that for another time. We'll save the um, full. Anyways. Um, oh, so, okay. So our hotties are there, right? It's morning. Yeah. My mom and I have this ongoing joke about how Jillian will sometimes just yell. Like, like he'll be right next to oh, her. Yeah. And she'll be like, mother, do you see? And it just, you know how I feel about sudden screaming. So that really She's is screaming. pleasing yeah. to me. She does it sometimes and when also- she just wakes up and answers the phone. She'll be like, hello. And it's so funny. Mulder, are you okay? <laughs> Always yelling. Um, um okay. whenever the opening because this actually happened whenever the opening doesn't end with her face plastered across my screen my flight or fight kicks in you're like i oh. fight or flight you're like i only signed up for maybe the beginning part not having her what, what's happening yeah yeah like actually my fight or flight i'm like what do i do am i about to fight my computer screen <laughs> okay scully is saying that it could have been a lightning strike on the truck that caused the electrical failure she also points out that there's a marsh nearby and so like the lights that the driver saw might have been swamp gas and Mulder is like not even listening like i wish he'd at least pretend to consider the non-supernatural solution yeah some crocodile farts 
just a few crocodile farts that's all we're asking for but it's Um, like the opening that opening scene is so is the entire series like scully suggesting very rational very plausible theories taking her time to seriously consider all possibilities and Mulder's not paying attention to a word she's saying searching on his own to prove himself right yeah, well, I mean, that's the thing. It's like these bits in this, ep- I feel like a lot of this episode sums up the whole series and their interactions. And I feel like what this episode should be doing is setting up problems that the series will then develop because it doesn't, we're just like, this is literally the whole series because that dynamic should change and never does. Yeah, this is like a very good, this is a very good example of like, there are certain parts of this that are how the series should have gone. Yeah like the continuity just said fuck it yeah <laughs> and there are a lot of parts that are very very telling about how the rest of the series goes yeah that like um, you're the beginning of the trope yeah and i the the thing that i hated about this scene is that like it really made me feel like scully was like a, like holding him back like he, i know that she was like a setback for him i wrote and later she's on. like she's like very like in this scene she's painted as like the nagging woman and like I really, it makes me angry. I did so not much like of it. this made me really angry. Yeah. Um. So then, um, he's not listening. I wrote that her hair is really flippy and cute here. She's also mm. pregnant here. Mm. That's all. It's the first time that's been mentioned. <laughs> Let's be continue. More. Um. So then Mulder's like, well, then multiple counties are hysterical over swamp gas right now, which like is not necessary. Cut to the police station and the truck driver is very like, whoa, 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 wait. Let's also, we also have to comment on the fact that Mulder was like, I've investigated multiple sightings before. Then he proceeds to list a case that they went on together that they both investigated. I fucking know. And I want <gasps> I Scully to just be that. like, yeah, I know I was fucking there. She's like, I was there at Lake Okoboji, you fucking asshole. Deadbeat. God. And Scully was the only one taking notes again. She's always the only one taking notes. Yeah. I know, we talked about that, huh? Mm-hmm. It's so, so cut to the police station. The truck driver's there. He's really burnt looking or something. And then he's like really <laughs> pissed that he's being held there. Mulder asks him to recount what he saw and his story is different than what he said last night. So he's just like not doing well in general um and scully is in an olive green pinstripe suit which <sighs> so cute is probably one of my favorite looks yeah yeah like they that that suit gave me my rights <laughs> it's a good suit so then dr scully kicks into gear and she gets him some water because he's like coughing and shit and asks um how long he's had that cough and for some reason i just really like that moment of her like i like seeing her get into like authoritative like i know what needs to be done right now you know what i mean First, I was mad. I was like, of course, Scully's the one pouring the water. Right. Because, like, Mulder's sitting there so casually, like, he's fucking reading the newspaper on the toilet. And Scully's, like, her whole back is straight. She's looking very professional. And it's like, it's because if she ever sat casually like that, she would never be taken seriously. Ever. But he can. And, like, Um, it's so fine. So, initially, I was angry because I was like, of course, Scully's the one pouring him water. Yeah. And then, you know how, like, when you, when you like, gift me things or, like, when you send me money to buy a bagel or something and yeah. I'm like, I don't want your whore money? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it was like, in this part, he hands it, but he's like, I don't want it. And so, I just thought, like, oh, he doesn't want her whore juice. And I was like. <laughs> You're like, I want her whore juice. I do, though. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Thank you. That's a Thank good you. one. I'll be here all night. <laughs> Thank okay, you. so 
Scully is asking questions because he's showing lots of symptoms of Gulf War syndrome, and Mulder for some reason is like, "Ba ba ba, let's not talk about that." And he's like, "How long have you been?" Like, ba ba ba, wait a second. <laughs> he's like, Hold on a second. Wait how a second, we on. <laughs> like, ba ba ba, how long have you not been doing well? <laughs> he's like, "That's how we're gonna refer to it." And she's like, "He's okay. like, well, since you're asking, since I was a child, it really started after my mother left." <laughs> And Mulder's like, no, 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 wait, no, not that. He's like, no, no, no I just mean like physically. He's like, oh, well, I've always had this issue. He's like, no, never mind. <laughs> um, so then the police chief comes in and releases the driver and then denies our babies to access to investigation. And like, this is one of my favorite bits. Scully asks why, and he literally says, just go away. He's like, just just go away i said this show is so this show is so spooky like there's this man with this like great voice telling them to go away like so spooky it made me laugh can you believe it i literally wrote i was like wow this writing is incredible you know that was a chris carter edition oh yeah he's like he's like i think he would just like be so desperate yeah, yeah, yeah. So cut to the babies at a rent-a-car place. Mulder is like, they're all hiding something. And he's talking about how UFOs are seen by soldiers during wartime. And Scully's like, well, I mean, there's a base near here. I guess it could maybe explain his symptoms. And then um, Mulder's like, I got some friends I want to talk to. And then we meet the lone gunman. Hold on a second. Oh, you're going to talk about the pen? The woman who asked to use Scully's pen, after she gives it back to Scully, she goes over... To her son, who was like very calmly and like not obtrusively spinning the little postcard thingy, <laughs> and she starts freaking the fuck out <laughs> as really? if she likes as if she saw him like ingesting the postcards. Is she really? She's like, she's like, Jeremy, this is the last straw. Your father's gonna leave us. She's over there going through something, and they're over here talking about she fucking UFOs. <laughs> Oh, it's so funny. <laughs> so we meet the lone gunman. I didn't realize this was the episode that we met Hold them. on, ma'am. What? What about them going in the little uh, coach bus together? What coach bus? You had nothing to say about that? What coach they bus? They go in the coach bus, in the bus, and they sit next to each other. Oh, I didn't even take note. I must have like, looked down where it was like writing when that transition happened. Oh, my God. Okay. Oh, my God. <laughs> so first of all, they sit there, right? Yeah. Love the way Jillian Anderson looks in sunlight. Okay. Let's just, I'll tell you that for free. (laughs) Like right at like the end of the day hours, like the golden hours, if you will. Mm -hmm. Except like she's the thing that makes them golden. So any hour that she's there is the golden hour. Also, I love how they were styling her hair at this point. It's like a little like bouffant. I love it. I don't know if that's the right word, but it sounds right. Yeah, it's a bouffant. Because it was like how it was like curled up yeah like so they had the roller brush like on top of her mm-hmm. hair it was all flippy and it was like going like that and it's like it rests like perfectly on her shoulders like a little like boop. it's so cute and very and, like, like doll like yeah vintage. and like her bangs her bangs like weren't quite depression bangs yet because <laughs> you know i love them like they're real you know yeah. yeah 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 um and then also my favorite part of this whole probably this whole episode is um Mulder's like you know yapping about some bullshit and Scully just goes possibly like he was doing to her in the beginning that's true that's such a good role reversal I love her 
an icon. <laughs> I love her so much. Well, I just love her. Okay. Okay. So the then um, we meet the Lone Gunman. I didn't realize this is when we were going to meet them. And I honestly, I couldn't believe that I grew to like these guys because when I first watched this episode for the first time, I was like, ew. Like, who the fuck are these men? Yeah. Um, they're spouting conspiracies in their weird little office, and Scully's like, oh my god, this is Mulder's people. Yep. Um, and then fucking Frohickey says that she's hot, and he's correct, but why is it okay to, for the writer's rhymes for him to say it when she can also, actually own it as a fact? Totally. And also, you know that, um, you know that, uh, that SpongeBob picture where, like, his entire face just stops working and, like, goes into a coil and like yes. his arm starts twitching. Yeah. That was me when Frohickey said she's hot. Yep. It's like, first of all, <clears throat> one, using she as if she's not in the fucking room. As if she's not right there, because no way he'd like, say you're hot. So objectifying. Truly making her an object that isn't in the flesh right in front of him. Yep. Um, two the fuck are you saying that to her face for my guy like I know. she's there as his partner she's there as a professional like literally Byers literally says is this your skeptical partner like yes talk about how she's so qualified but has a different way of looking at things like and how smart she is and how much she brings to the cases and said they're all five-year-olds it's like they need yeah. her to prove herself to be in their boys club and then she does at the end of the scene when and then he's like she is hot and then you're supposed to be like <sighs> yeah she earned her way in which is just fucked like fuck Frohickey because he's not allowed to talk to my about my wife like that but like her saying that was so oh that was so I hot know. that was so hot um so then the clean looking one i've seen the show so many times i'm the so bad with their names fires <laughs> yep fires fires um he starts pressing scully about why she doesn't believe that the, that the conspiracy theories that they're chatting about um mm. and she says i think you give the government too much credit which is one of my favorite lines i think oh that's what that i she said says. was hot yeah oh yeah that line was hot yeah which is so true. It's like the government can't even manage crime. Exactly. Like, <laughs> Jesus. Um, so then she, uh, okay, so then Byers um, rips her $20 bill and proves that the government is tracking them and she gets understandably really annoyed about it. I was because, waiting for that. I was yeah. like, I hope they make her say something. Hey. hey. So mad. Um, yeah, that's her fucking working girl money. Yeah. She's like, what the fuck? I feel like this episode has a lot of the whole, yeah, they create an incredible, intelligent, and capable female character, but they invalidate her every step of the way. So really, that intelligence and capability is all a facade because she's still a device just created to prove that the male lead is correct. Um, I found a lot of those moments in this episode that made me really mad. For what it's worth, um, I was going to say this later on, but I'll say now. Um, I believe Morgan, the writers of the episode... Glenn Morgan and James, James Wong. James Wong, yeah. Um, uh, in deciding whether or not to keep the sex scene and never again, mm-hmm. wanted to keep it. And we're trying to tell oh, Chris Carter really? to keep it in. Okay. <clears throat> so I think that they... They seem to have... They pay more attention to her. They give even her... When the, a, yeah. And they give her much more um, a- agency. Mm, that's true. They let like speak yeah this they is do one of my favorite line parts from her yeah is in this episode that's true 
they make her sound smart. Like they make her sound like capable and they do. It was just in seeing her sounding extra smart and capable in this episode. It just reminded me how inconsistent that is. I feel like this, this episode compared to so many other episodes, i.e. the ones Chris Carter wrote Mm. is like literally, I mean, just think about her investigative skills in fire versus in this episode or in space, but specifically that one, she didn't do a single thing in space nothing but in this one they have her working for the details and like Mulder couldn't find the truck but she could um oh you're right okay that makes me better because i get really angry and i kind of spiraled so that'll no i was i was back and forth too for sure it was like a weird it was a weird episode i basically settled on like not the not the normal amount of sexism yeah but maybe because it was different it reminded me of all of the abundant other moments totally as i think totally it did um so then um, Mulder suggests his UFO war idea and all the boys laugh at him. Ah, oh, the irony. Which is uh, so c- funny, especially because Scully laughed at him too when he said that. I know. Um, so then cut back to Mulder's office. I say Mulder's office because it's still just his name on the door and just his desk. And I'll never not be fucking bitter about it. Um, yep. Scully is saying, those are some weirdos. And then she says, I don't know how anything they say could be remotely plausible. And then Mulder Same. says... Same. Um, I think it's remotely plausible that someone might think you're hot. And the look she gives him, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. She was so shocked. She was like, do you want to get on the desk right now? Is that what you're saying? Are you saying actually, I No, no, no. I actually have a part. I have a part that I have a full headcanon for that I may need to actually write. Oh, I'm excited. I have a few. There was a few good opportunities for sex here. Yeah. But it's like this moment is Scully is so shocked to see Mulder actually pays attention to her. I know. She's but like, it's, it's like, it's like cute, right? Yeah. But it's frustrating because it's like yeah. pretty girl who doesn't know she's pretty. Oh, which of I course. I fucking hate. Yep. Um, and it's also like, she's been doing the whole series. All she's been doing this entire series is listening and watching him and taking in everything he does. Yeah. And it truly feels like this is the first episode where he actually listens to her even when he's not showing it which like she doesn't deserve but yep. we move okay so we're gonna have to like post a picture of that look that she gives him because it's feral when she's like totally. licking the pen like trying yeah. um god i so- wish i was that pen <laughs> so then of <laughs> so then of course as she's criticizing the lone government gunman for their extreme precautions she finds a fucking bug on her pen like mm. of course because they love making her talk really confidently about things and then write that exact holy shit they do that all the time like constantly like she'll say something that it'll immediately cut to the what's wrong about that oh my god you're so right it literally happens constantly wow i fucking hate that okay like i can think of multiple times off the top of my head that is so annoying um wow that's such a good point it, it drives me insane and she looks horrified, of course, because that's violating. And it's like yeah. everyone it's like everyone in the show and the writers and David and all the other actors were all like, we're going to do like really serious subject matter, but we're going to act like it's no biggie. And everyone's like, okay, sounds good. And then someone forgot to give Jillian Anderson the memo. So it just like hits harder because she's actually reacting to things as if it's really happening. But like, well, and she's I mean, gaslit also- about her valid pain constantly in and out of character. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the ticket. We're just dropping little nuggets this episode about we things that we want to talk nuggets. about later. Yeah. Um, 
Well, partially her reacting the way that she does is not because she didn't get the memo. Um, Stevie, it's because she got the memo and uh, she can act and David cannot. Yeah, you're right. Cut to Mulder's uh, apartment. He's flashing his bat signal to talk to Deep Throat, which is like this blue light in his lamp. And once again, um, I beg the question if the show was written by a bunch of 13-year-old boys because Jesus fucking Christ. We're going to put a blue light bulb in the lamp and then he's going to flash it out the window and turn off all the lights. He'll sit there in the dark and then he'll go meet this guy. He'll tell him all the government secrets. And then my mom's going to bring home pizza and we can... (laughs) Yeah! And that was that was this week's inside scoop on the X Files writers room. Should I tune in next week? Tune in next week, literally for uh, who knows what. So he gets a phone call in the caption in the in the closed captions on my computer. Literally said secret code click. So I know. I, I guess that. that's what happens. So he meets his boyfriend really on his special little bench and they have Aww. one of their sweet midnight chats and Mulder just Aww. wants to know who's been listening to them. Like um, every other man in the show does not communicate, but instead um, a deep throat just ominously hands him a file and walks away silently. No. Um, and he also says he also uses I this entire time. Yeah. Mulder. Yeah. Always. When he's talking. He literally says, what am I on to? When, because he thinks it's, it's just his journey. Yeah. Like, truly. Which changes in this episode, which I made a note of. It does. I, this is a turning point, I think. But It, it totally is. But then uh, they said, if you saw this episode, no, you didn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that should be the title. If you saw this episode. If you, <laughs> if you saw the developments in this episode. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. <laughs> that's the name of the episode um so um, 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 um so he reads the file and essentially it's a recount of the first scene that we saw so scully yeah. walks in on a fucking mission and she says your truck is bogus and so is the driver and i want her saying bogus is my ringtone can you do it yeah i could do that for you okay oh you want me to say it yeah because i know that you know what it sounds like oh god i know i know she has her little list but i don't yeah. oh god the cadence the truck is bogus that was good the truck is bogus. She essentially says that there's something in the truck and it's not auto parts. Then, it's like any fucking lie, he, he was in the Gulf War. His real name was Frank Deuce, who was Special Operations Black Beret at some station in Iraq. He's been sick for a while now, so Scully was fucking right, and she came in to make sure Mulder knew that. And I love yep. that. Um, and of course, she's like doing all the work. <laughs> Only for Mulder to yep. be like, yeah, I know this because my uh, boyfriend gave me all this information. That's literally... But I didn't that's- bother- I, but I didn't bother the t- I didn't bother to tell you that before you started doing all of the work. <laughs> That's literally what my next note is. I said poor Scully works her fucking ass off to get information while Mulder has it just handed to him, and like yeah. she doesn't know that, so she always looks disappointed. Like fuck, how does he always have so much more than me? Totally. It's because he's sleeping his way to the top. Mulder is fucking deep throat. Where do you think he got <laughs> the name? This is the conspiracy <laughs> theory that I'm hopping onto. Mulder slipped his way to the top. That's so funny. That's so funny. Um, so then Mulder hits his desk again and Scully bites her finger. Interesting. Um, so then she asks, where did you obtain this information? And he's vague because nobody can talk in the show. And Scully's like, I want to know all about him. Understandably, because this like involves her. her too. And he's like, yeah. he's safe. And she's like, no, we work with the Federal Bureau of Investigation and we're being bugged. Like, what does that tell you? That's why I love that blooper. Have you ever seen that? <laughs> no, which one is it? 
She goes, <clears throat> we work for the Federal Bureau of Investigations and we're being bugged. What does that tell you? And he go, and David goes, tells me that maybe there's more to life than just <laughs> sitting around. No, I haven't. And then it cuts. It's so funny. That's where my auditory like memory comes in. Is like I remembered literally every. I remember every single blooper. Like I, I know. Remember the scene. I know you do. It, so can anyway, you show me that right. one? Yes, I will. Okay. Um, because my brain is the opposite when it comes to remembering, like content-wise. Like it takes yeah. a lot. Like once something's in my memory, it'll never leave. Like ever. But it takes longer for me to get memories inputted like that. Um, and so gotcha. like. I constantly am looking at content I've definitely seen and feeling like it's the first time I've seen it. So Emily's re-showing me things constantly. <laughs> I love doing that though. I love it too. Okay. So then um Scully is also mm. like after Scully, sorry, after Scully says, I want to know who he is. Um, and like, did you ever consider that he could be setting you up and like that he could be responsible for the bug? And then Mulder's like, he's never lied to me. And it's like, sir. Your daddy issues are showing. You- have you ever considered the extreme possibility that he is working for someone else besides you? Yeah, literally. What like he's literally what is the he getting fuck? out of doing this? Think about it. Like he's not just like stupid. Um so Scully's being like very disillusioned in season 1 and seeing that fear of her realizing that she's not supported in her pursuit of justice just like she thought she was going to be is really heartbreaking. So then Mulder says, I won't break that confidence. I trust him. And then she says, you're the only one I trust, which is such an important moment. This episode has a lot of pivotal moments. Yeah, Um, such an important moment. And like, because she's so dedicated to him. She sacrifices herself time and time again for him and his quest. And he does not meet her with that same energy. Even when it is her life he's fighting for, it's still about him and his overarching motive. But even here in episode 17, she was like, you are the only one I trust. And that just breaks my heart because she deserves so much better than that. Like I know she's like pleading with him, literally, because like he's literally he is actually bouncing off the walls, and she's just like, "Look, I trust you, okay? You're the only one that I trust." Yeah. It's like, like despite the fact that she is skeptical, but it's like she's skeptical because the facts she presents are how she remains true to herself, yep. and like what she believes. Yeah. So it's like that is where her trust is rooted. God, I can't fucking see. I'm so old. <laughs> in that she's skeptical about the information he's being given because she trusts him yeah and he she trusts his judgment and doesn't want to see him get turned the wrong way and she trusts him because of his stubborn passion mm-hmm. i won't get into it but that's what she fell in love with him that's hello oh. that's what she felt that's literally and i want to believe that's what and she i can't says, believe that she says that i know that's the reason she fell in love with him so basically fuck me i'm a simp Okay. Maybe this episode will help bring back my MSR feels because I've been very not feeling them lately, and I miss that. Maybe it will. You did a little bit. After I give you my headcanon, it will. Okay. So then when he leaves, he comforts her like she's a silly, worried little kid. Like, okay, it's all going to be fine. Let me, the big man, take care of it. I wanted to, like, break my computer in half. Anyways. <clears throat> so then Mulder gets home. Yeah. yeah you know what I mean? So then Mulder gets home and Deep Throat is waiting in his house with all the lights off. And apparently he has something so important that it's worth risking exposure and he gives him a photo or whatever. And Mulder gets so nervous and he's like, hey, um, 
I just want to like say thank you because like you've given me so much and I, I, you never ask for anything in return and like talking your hair behind your ear. <laughs> hey, um, hey, wait, wait a second. That's um, literally. Wait, I just like, I've just like really had like a really nice time these past few times and like. But the, it's like simultaneously like, do you want to go steady? But also like a fuck boy like after he came in three minutes he's like you know you should never ask for anything in return like i'm just like dude You're you nailed one. it <laughs> okay so then he gets all like nervous right and then deep throat just slams the door <laughs> because it's communication like, we don't know her so Mulder brings the photo to scully and he's so excited deep throat he has like, commitment issues it's <laughs> like my father my father named me deep throat <laughs> Mulder brings the photo to Scully, and he's so ex- <laughs> and he's so excited. He's like, "This is the best photographic evidence I have ever seen of a UFO." And Scully's like, "Baby, it's fake." <laughs> I'm apparently doing character voices tonight. I don't know what's happening. She's like, "Babe, this is fake. Baby, it's not real." And he's like, "This, I think this argument is really important, and it's like this is a good time in the series for it. Like they've been working together yeah. for some time now." He says, "You're determined not to believe," and she says, "Maybe you're too determined to believe." And like this is yeah. like finally getting to the crux of their um, tough love. Tension. Yeah, and it's like very valid on yeah. both accounts. Um, I just wish the argument would develop over the series instead of it remaining stagnant. Exactly for eleven series. Exactly. That's my biggest thing. But then you like, like it like there's more there's more transformation in the single episode than there is probably in the whole eleven season. Consistently, yeah. Like there's other episodes yeah. like this, I think, where you can see their growth and things and there's moments, but it's not consistent. And then he throws like a full on temper tantrum and he gathers his things and he's like, You've never supported my journey. Anyways, I need to go. And then she's like, Mulder, listen to me. And he's like, No. Like fucking child. Like he flat out says no. Um, yeah, he's being like very um, prepubescent. Yeah, here. Like, I feel like this is a, a mother talking to her teenage son. Totally. Being like, listen to me. Um, and then she pleads with him to hear her out. And she says, I have never met anyone so passionate and dedicated to a belief as you. It's so intense that sometimes it's blinding. And like, that's precisely Mulder's hubris. He thinks that he can't be wrong, especially when it comes to um, this area. And Scully sees through that. And she says that like, while she can respect his passion, others will use it against him. And Mulder, like Mulder would get nowhere without her. She keeps him totally. grounded and does all of the grunt difficult work necessary to keep their investigations going. And all that she gets in return is trauma after trauma. This is where um, I was being mad. When Scully says, I have never met someone so passionate and dedicated to a belief as you, just make out. I know. She says that with her whole chest. She's like, please make out with me. Like, that would have been such an intense need... moment of relief if they were to make out at that exact moment. I mean, that wasn't my headcanon, but, like, wow, what a good scene. It would be a good one. Oh, I would pay good money to see it. <laughs> but it's also, like, very – it's very in character for Mulder. I'm sure that would have been such a good – like, if this was, like, actually good writing and, like, they just, like, went actually, with, like, where this would naturally go. Like normal go. TV shows do, yeah. Yeah, and they actually had that – like, but that would have been very out of character for Mulder because he is a nerd. Yeah, and 100 percent right. would have just ran away you're right like if she was like you are so passionate and so dedicated you'd be like, <laughs> been like uh thanks i gotta go yeah you'd be like which is exactly what he did yep so then 
Um, Ooh. Oh, yeah. Then she says, Mulder, the truth is out there, but so are the lies. And can Mulder move past his ego to listen to this really important advice Scully is giving him? No. Heart. Okay, so then cut to Scully coming into the office. This is clearly the office she works in, but is it hers? No. Anyways, she gets the coffee. Mm-hmm. She uses no cream, just sugar, which I found interesting. She puts so much sugar. Yeah, and no cream, just that. Um, she even, like, goes back and adds a little more. She, that wasn't enough. I know. <laughs> and then she comes I'm back. Feeling, I'm feeling saucy tonight. I want extra sweet coffee this morning. Mm. Oh, um, it's, oh, it's the morning? It's just that dark? Oh, I wasn't. Oh. Anyway, anyway, that day, whatever. I I, time is lost on me in the show. This is where I start to lose the thread. Um, yeah, no, for sure. So then um, she comes back and her bag is moved, which would freak me the fuck out. Um, Mulder appears very suddenly and grunts that he's had the photo an- analyzed. And then he walks her through this analysis like she had no idea the photo was fake. Yep. And he thinks he's hot shit. He's like, of course she was like, right. Notice the moon here, and she's like, "Are you telling me it's fake?" Because that's what I told you, bitch. Like what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like you're a little late to the party. Yeah. And so then um, he says he does explicitly say she was right, which is like. And nice. then oh my god. And then, and then he inches this towards her. This is where this your is head gets. Oh fuck! <laughs> so he inches yeah. towards her and he says, "Now we're alone in this." There's no one you can trust. And he, oh my God. Like, did they okay. lose protection? That was, <laughs> Oh, you mean because like she's not, she didn't have her ova stolen from her yet because she was medically raped? Okay. Did you need to bring me down? I was finally coming Yeah, yeah, up. yeah. Is that what you mean? For sure. Yeah. They 100% did. Yeah. Uh-huh. This moment is truly the point of no return for them. Like, this yeah. is it. This is, like, when he starts referring to it as, like, we, and he starts saying us, and, like, that obviously doesn't remain consistent because Fox said let Chris because Car- <laughs> Fox said let Chris Carter write more episodes, but, like, what a moment. It, um, it, it's a moment because that's threaded whenever these writers write. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so my headcanon is, um... 100% they fucked after that moment. Like, that is actually my head. Like, for real, I know office? I joke about that. Yeah. I know I joke about that a lot, but, like... Okay, if that's your real one, then you have to write it. That's law. Okay, well, I have a lot on the books right now, but... You do. Can you put it on the queue? I'll, I'll add it. Because it's, like, here. Ready? Hear me out, right? Yeah. Scully is, like, kind of low-key terrified. Um... And he cannot, he cannot believe that she is in this with him. Yeah. And that like, she's choosing him and that they're alone in this journey together True, Like with that's him. where like, she- truly alone. He finally fully earned his respect in that moment. It shouldn't have taken that long, but- But, but it's like he, like he can't believe that. And I think that that goes to like his own insecurities and his own issues. Oh, which absolutely. like he obviously shouldn't be projecting onto her. He should just go to therapy for. Yeah. But- Yep. Um, yep, yep, yep. Like, yeah, like when she said, Mulder, you're the only one that I trust, I think, again, he kind of freaked out earlier. Yeah. <laughs> and now he's, like, recognizing it, and he's like, holy shit, we're in this together. And, like, Scully's so scared. I know. Like, and as she should be. Yeah. But then that lead that led to some... Please write that. That's I just so think it, it, was just, it was just the moment. Yeah, it, you're, the, you're, you're correct. The energy, in, the energy in the studio was just fantastic. It's true. Yeah. 
Okay, so then um, cut to Mulder and Deep Throat at an aquarium. Date. Grand date. All for one shark metaphor. Like, <laughs> But honestly, like, I fuck with the shark metaphor. <laughs> I kind of fuck with it. I fast forwarded through this bit a little bit. I just like got like, the gist and didn't really watch the scene. I kind of really like the shark <laughs> metaphor. <laughs> I know, I'm I sorry. That. No, I love that. I'm I love sorry. that you love it. Okay, so they're at the aquarium. Mulder confronts him and is like, bro, I was in love with you. How could you break my heart like that? And he's like, and then Deep Throat is like, you and Scully are too good. I had to divert you a little bit. And I like that he said you both. Like, Yeah, me too. Um, then Deep Throat says there are just some truths that aren't ready to be known. And Mulder is like, who are you to decide that for me? <laughs> and it's just funny that this is an all-male writer's room writing angrily about the right to the truth when women don't even have the right to control their own goddamn bodies. A truth that is perpetuated by this very show. Yep. That is the ticket. That Who are you to tell that to? Jesus Christ. Shut the fuck up. Okay, step out. Step back. Let's take a step back, okay? I'm sure you can see your little reflection in the glass at the aquarium. Okay. (laughs) Okay, let's take a step back. Take okay. a step back. I couldn't have said it any more, any better myself. If I Thank tried, that means a lot. I'm not going to. Um, that was perfect. So then Mulder, they, they argue, and then Deep Throat is like, I'm not the one responsible for the electronic surveillance, but I do know that they can still hear you, and then leaves. So Mulder tails, tears apart his apartment and looks um, pretty sweaty and hot, and um, then he finds the bugs in the outlet. And the last place he thinks to look, of course. So, like, the apartment's already fucking destroyed. And then Scully gets there, and her sweet baby voice yelling from outside the door is so cute. So cute. And then, I, I really like this bit. Okay, here's where I get on my, where I get on my shit. Like, them together, like, undercover, like, incognito sneaking oh, around. Yep. It's so Same. hot. Like, Same. Yep. So him like calling her in while he's like pretending and he's like, no, but like, you know, it's like that kind of, it's like body language. Yeah. I don't know what it is. <laughs> well, it's also like when she goes to his apartment, I just want to say too, like she was, he like didn't even panic for a second that like, he was like, oh my God, that's Scully. She's going to see my apartment like this. She's going to think this is how I live. Yeah. She like doesn't judge him at all. No. Bitch, marry this woman. I know. What are you doing? What are you doing? Well, it should not take him as long as it does. Jesus Christ. I know. Um, and then, yeah, okay. love this little behind the scenes crime, crime it's spree. It's so they go fun. On together. Yeah. Very sexy of them. Very sexy of them. And so, and it also gives Scully this prerogative in the journey that will use her so cruelly. Like it's yeah. nice. It, it was, it was sad because again it's like the same thing just on a grander scale of like what you said about how her speaking something to truth so confidently and then them proving her wrong in the next breath yeah but just on a larger scale it's like they're giving her this prerogative and then they'll take it away immediately uses her so cruelly yeah so he shows her the bug and he's like we need to find the truck and she's and he's like we should just let it go but he that's what he writes to her and so they're gonna go find the truck together um so then they go on a cute little road trip to find the truck and like I don't know, like, I like when Mulder's mad at Deep Throat because then he's just like, it's just me and Scully, which is, like, annoying that it takes him that long. Like, I know we were just talking about this. Um, yeah, but also, like, the shot of Scully when she goes to the airport. I know. She's wait, wait, buying I, tickets. So, like, they're being followed and Scully, like, ditches her guy and then it goes to her at the airport. And, like, I just like watching her, like, psych people out and be all incognito. Oh, my like, God, the shot of when she's buying the tickets. 
She's so I am beautiful. A whore. I am a whore. <laughs> That's all. I'm a whore. Um, I just whored myself. I'm a whore. <laughs> okay, so then they're like, they like meet secretly in that like little store and they're like talking while not looking at each other. And I'm like, like it's hot. so hot. Like, I want them it's to go very much the end of. Oh, fuck. I don't know if this is going to. But it's very much so a part of one of our favorite fics. Under undercover swing. Oh yeah, it's very much those vibes. Maybe I'll reread that tonight. Do it. I mean, it's very long. Let's restart very, it. Very long. Oh, God, <laughs> so good. Oh so my God, good. if you haven't read Undercover Swing, oh you gotta. <sighs> it's a good one. Okay. Um, it's a good one. Okay. Um. She's dangling. <laughs> So then they're following the truck. Um, oh, no. And then I, I just want them to fuck in the car. Like, they're staking out this truck. Really and yeah. um, I, it's late. They've been in the car for a long time together. They're really stiff. And, like, I know this exists. So somebody just send it to me, please. The, like, the muskies. Yeah. Muskies. Musk. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm. my God. Like, the car's, like, uh-huh. windows are already kind of steamy. Okay. I need mm-hmm. to stop. Um, so then they, they find the truck. They start following it. The radio goes woo, and then they find themselves behind the truck, and it's, like, turned around or whatever. Um, and every time they almost they, every time they almost get into a car accident, Skull has an orgasm. And um, so the, the, my issue with this uh, part – so my issue is that this got me thinking about so how much agency not agency but like how much of a prerogative scully has in this whole little rendezvous Mm -hmm. got me thinking about how about this concept right Mm -hmm. of you get to a man by torturing the women in his life and how scully's punishment for doing her job well with Mulder was she was ultimately forced it hello Mm. was what she was ultimately forced to undergo while Mulder's punishment was watching it all happen and getting to act out this like male savior complex which like I know we've like talked about you know talked about at nauseum but it's like it just just there's more to that but like that's just what I was thinking yeah that's so true um so then they go to the truck to try to check out what's inside. Mulder, like, helping Scully hop up is really precious. Um, mm-hmm. So they're throwing these boxes out of the way, trying to get to what's inside the truck. And Mulder looks like a rabid dog. The way he, he tries to get does. in there, and then he, like, yells her name and is all clumsy. And <laughs> literally. <laughs> like, and for what reason? Um, what, my guy? <laughs> now you upped your stakes. Yeah. Um. This was the moment that you decided. I'm really gonna get into it. I'm gonna dig in. Um. So they find an empty operating table, and Mulder's like, "I think we were just witness to a rescue mission." And and then Emily, did you get what she says here? Oh, I'm I'm shaking. Is that what she says? She yeah. says, "God, Mulder, I can't stop shaking." Oh. Wow, hearing that out of context is um yeah it's uh it's doing something to me she's tinkling okay so then she seems to be genuinely wondering if they had a close encounter which is interesting to see the camera quality all of a sudden goes to shit for some reason and i thought my edible was killing me for a minute i was like (laughs) whoa (laughs) i'm losing focus i was like 
what's happening? <laughs> the world is losing focus. And, and then it cleared up again. I realized it was the something happened with the footage. Mm. Um, turns out it was all a hoax. Um, because there's no time loss or something. So then Scully's yeah. like, wouldn't it just be easier to kill us? And like that's unsettling. Um, and then Mulder's like, Very. you know, I've been thinking about what you said before about them using me against myself. <laughs> and he's like, I think you're right. And at this moment, Scully becomes Mulder's therapist, and he's dependent on her ever since. And also, when he says, I think you're right, uh, cut to Scully looking directly into the camera. It's like that Jim one where he's, like, looking at the person, and he just goes. Yeah. So then Mulder says, says um, you know, I think there's one person who hasn't lied to us. Cut to them in one motel room together. Scully looks stunning here. She's pregnant. Yep. It's actually unreal. Uh-huh. Mulder called um, a bunch of UFON groups and found out that there have been a lot of UFO sightings. I don't know. This is really where I start to lose the thread um basically okay i said i'm lost in the plot at this point but scully in this lighting in her navy suit um for real down on one knee but i actually did pick this up the traject there was some trajectory and so they were able to figure out what town the sighting was going to happen in based on like some trajectory of something on a map because i i'm happy that you also found that kind of confusing though so i was like I'm just really high, but I have no idea how we got here. Did I find it confusing, or was I blinded by um, <laughs> Miss Jillian Could Anderson's combination of face? Both. Miss Jillian Anderson. Oh. So then they end up in a forest with a UFO group that's waiting to have a sighting, and it's like a whole party. It's the UFO, UFO party. party. Yeah. <laughs> and then he says, um, they see UFOs all the time, and they're, they usually hover over the power plant. So then they find Ranheim. Somehow, the truck driver. Okay, wait. Can I just say, too? Yeah. Like, this episode would be so fun (laughs) if these people begging to be abducted by aliens were actual hippies and there wasn't a larger scheme of, like, being abducted leading to um, putting yourself in years Years of danger and and trauma. trauma. Yeah. For rather, women and for Scully. Yep. Rather, like, these were just, like, truly just hippies. Like, that. Yeah. yeah begging You're to so be abducted. Right. Like, yep. that just hit me. That hit me wrong. Didn't like that. Yep. Yeah. That's this mix. That's this episode. Um, so then, 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 they find Ranheim somehow at the power plant, the truck driver. And then Mulder calls Langley. And he says, um, I'll show you the EBE. Because uh, they're fucking nerds. So then, largely, <laughs> largely... <laughs> <laughs> same thing langley gives them you know langley and julian anderson look alike right shut the fuck up shut up no we're done i'm hanging up on you this podcast what? is done you don't want to put that tweet in the thread absolutely not it's, that tweet haunts me it's so good okay how dare you how um, dare you so langley gives them fake identities and they get in um, again, this undercover stuff together, very sexy. Mulder loudly talks about how they weren't able to hack into a certain level right in front of the security <laughs> guards. So, like, they get caught. <laughs> that was really cute. It was like there were kids in class who got caught talking. He's like, we couldn't get hacked into level six. And they walk by and they're like, try to walk by all quiet, look down. Like, yep. Dumbasses. They're both really bad at, like, yeah. At- and then he's like, something. we have to go back. And she's like, well, we can't walk back now. <laughs> we can't walk back. It'll look awkward. Like, it'll look really suspicious. He's like, but that was our classroom. We just walked past our classroom. <laughs> and Scully's like, I know, but, like, we can't go back now. That's such a palpable feeling. I know. 
Okay, so then um, he, the security guard obviously <laughs> catches them, and Scully, like, just admits who they are because she's smart, and then Mulder bolts, and even though she doesn't know where he's going, she still tries to body block that guard like a fucking you know? champ. Okay, no, I was she body blocking him, or was she, like, pushing his gun away so that Mulder didn't get shot? Lit up. Oh. I don't That's know. That's what but- I thought. I definitely saw her put her arm in front of his, his little... Yeah, I mean, she Done. definitely, like, was, she was gunning to protect she him. She like, that, that was body her, in front of him. That was her fucking instinct. It was like, no, no. Which and was he was sweet. like, he was like, what the, f-? he was like, what the fuck? Even though she didn't know where he was going. Like, it was so did, cute. Did you get that? Did you get that joke? Yes. <laughs> Scully puts her whole body in front of him and he just goes. He's like, what the, what was that? Do you feel a breeze? You feel something? I just felt something on my head. That was weird. Something on me. There's something on me. On me. <laughs> She's down there like, no! <laughs> She's like, yeah! <laughs> okay. Um, so then, 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 um, Mulder makes it down there to, like, Mulder a pod. fucking bolts. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> he, so he gets down there, like, down to the ba- level six or whatever. And then a pod, he, like, finds this pod operating room, and it turns out Deep Throat killed in an EBE, and there's some kind of morality issue around that. Like, I don't get this bit at all. Yeah, and, Mulder's um, like, I just want to see aliens, and every time he meets with Deep Throat, Deep Throat is like, you know, back in Nam. <laughs> Mulder's like, I just want to see aliens. He literally is. Back in Deep- Nam. And Deep Throat is like, when I used to work for the CIA... <laughs> it's so true he always gets fucking deep throat's life story i don't even know what it is and i don't care um so then like i can only be expected to focus while two men are talking for so long i did my best oh, yeah. mm-hmm. um so then they leave and scully's finally allowed to meet up wait with him. but wait can we talk about what was down there yeah you fucking tell him i don't even know there was a uh, an empty bed in a chicken roaster something <laughs> it looks like that thing that they put rotisserie chickens in at the that supermarket down there? So yeah you miss that part yeah i really wasn't paying attention at this bit yeah it was like a you know like the thing that like rotates that has the red light that oh, they yeah. put rotisserie chickens in what the fuck yeah that's what it looked like there was tin foil on everything the show is so weird yeah okay um and then scully comes down she's finally allowed to meet up with him and like god when you said uh, like either it was last episode or the one before that when you said scully is like the little sister desperately attempting to tag along like i'm seeing those moments so much more now totally. um and then they watch deep throat walk away into the mist after Mulder's like i'm just trying to figure out what lie to believe also That's it. that scene when scully walks up to Mulder mm-hmm. is maybe cr- produced my favorite blooper of all time and i know i say that for every single blooper that jillian's in but okay. truly which one this, this is one? my favorite remember. it's when she like literally is fucking cackling like i don't at know what? that at nothing i don't know they just show her laughing and i don't know that i've ever heard her laugh so hard can we watch some like, of the blooper moments after this? yeah wait can i just play it actually yeah. can i find it and play yeah. it because that's the end of the episode Oh, sweet. Okay. So I have something to say. Do you? I do. Um, This was like a pretty solid, well-written episode. Well-written. It was well-written. Holy shit. Yeah. Loved the shark metaphor. (laughs) That one really did The shark metaphor 
the shark metaphor was basically i don't even think we when Mulder and deep throat went on their aquarium date mm-hmm. um deep throat said you know mr Mulder, <laughs> if a shark stops swimming it will die <laughs> And um, then he goes, don't stop swimming. Yeah, that is a good metaphor. It's not as great. It's not as good when I say it. No, it is. It, it is. It really, it really. Especially because you mixed it with the old voice. That was beautiful. It was very moving. Thank you. Yeah. Um, there was very minimal misogyny slash trauma. She was but a lot. Not very much Scully, which I take personal offense to. But like. When she was in it, it was like full of substance. So it wasn't like totally it wasn't like some other episodes like where she's in it, she's still just kind of in the it's background. Just empty. Yeah. Um, but there was like when she was in it, there were like tangible things happening and going on and a lot of like fully realized uh action and plot development. Totally. No. And it actually I think like just what re- it struck me after the scene when the episode ended and it says executive producer Chris Carter, because mm-hmm paying attention to who wrote each episode actually now it infuriates me that chris carter got all the recognition he did because Because he he wrote the bad episodes yeah he wasn't even even a shining star he wasn't even its fucking motor like he was not a bright point he wasn't even the thing that made it go like and when they say executive producer, what they really mean is he came up with the idea for a TV show about a male hero who wanted to find aliens with a female sidekick who could hold her own, though, because she was strong and smart and not attractive and a whore. Yep. Yep. Everything you just witnessed had nothing to do with Chris Carter. Nothing. Like, I'm fucking sick of it. I don't want to hear so his name anymore. And it's annoying that his name is the first thing you see before the episode starts and the last thing you see after the episode ends. It's literally so fucking narcissistic and egotistical. Yeah, it's so annoying. Jesus Christ. Okay, do you want to do Jillian's Corner Let's really do quickly? Jillian's Corner really quick. We got another question that we thought would tie in well with... Um, Jillian's Corner, like we could tie it into a story. Somebody sent us... Um, do you have it up? So it said, um, uh, it said, uh, pubic hair, question mark, uh, some, none, a little, um, also what are your thoughts on hair on women in general? Something along those lines. Do we have some thoughts for you? So, um, we wanted to connect it to you. So if you don't know, I don't know. I think that I know at least one person who listens who wouldn't know this, um, Jillian Anderson in 2001 wore a very infamous dress to what was it? Vanity Fair Oscar party. The Vanity Fair Oscar party that had a very low back and you could she had a major whale tail. You could see her thong. And then when asked about why Ew, I hate that. Is that what it's called? Whale tail? Yeah. 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 Oh, I hate that. I won't call it again. I'm pretending you didn't say that. Okay. Um she <laughs> Her thong is showing. And then when asked about it later in an interview, she said that it was because, I mean, you could tell the story because you'll probably be able to quote it better. Okay. So I don't know. <laughs> she just jumped right in. <laughs> Those are ugly what know. she says. I don't know how that dress came into my life. I don't even know that I tried it on before it the night that I was going to wear it okay this is what jillian says but when i put the dress on my pubic hairs poke poke through the front of the dress 
So then what'd you do? <laughs> and there were two solutions. Right. Which one, what were they? Yeah, at the time. At the time, I wasn't particularly into the first solution. So I went with solution number two, which was a thong. That was really impressive. You did that whole thing. That's my story. More or less. That wasn't exactly it, but. No, that was very close. Um, um, anyway, so Jillian Anderson didn't want to shave her bush, so she wore a thong, which like became this really iconic look. So, but here's the thing, right? Yeah, here's the case. like, here's the ticket. Is the dress was iconic because everyone of course just thought that she like meant to wear the thong and like yeah. made it iconic yeah no it's fucking iconic because homegirl said i'm not shaving my bush are you kidding me i know and, and I, I fucking love, love that, that. so much I lo- that's my favorite part of the story yeah so the moral of this is is like when it comes to pubic hair the answer is whatever and just makes- hair in general and just body I- hair in general truly the answer is whatever makes you happiest if it makes you really happy to have to shave your legs keep your armpit hair and have a very neatly trimmed bush beautiful If it makes you happy to have no hair on your body at all amazing If it makes you happy to have all hair always fucking fantastic so powerful like all the point is is that you feel your best and you're doing it because you want to do it exactly not because you feel pressured to do it for some reason um because like and also it's no one else's decision (laughs) exactly and it's like the, the whole notion that women specifically should be completely hairless it's very prepubescent and creepy and it's fetishizing um, it's fetishizing and it it definitely perpetuates the pedophilic um society and patriarchy that we live in that's very pedophilic yeah Um, and so if you genuinely just don't like the feeling of having hair and like don't like and like shaving and all that stuff and it's truly because you love it that's amazing it's just not feeling pressured to do a certain thing or like you're forced to or something is wrong um it's whatever the fuck you want for all body hair and that's it that's the episode this was a ride Um, let me get the her laughing because i know everyone will want to hear this and i know you want to hear it i do want to hear it And that's it. And that's the episode. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.